This program is a paid commercial announcement from Jacob Media Partners and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. Today's program is pre-recorded. From the Malamut and Associate Law Studios, Jacob Media Partners invites you to spend an hour of your day celebrating your faith. We acquire a fundamental right that can never be taken away from us. The right to hope. In collaboration with the Archdiocese of Philadelphia and the Catholic business leaders of the Delaware Valley, including LaSalle University, First Trust Bank, and todayisagoodday.org. Enjoy Voices of Faith. Learn from your leaders. Be inspired by your neighbors and find the power of grace in your life when you need it most. The spiritual Voices of Faith begins right now. And a good Saturday, everyone, and welcome into Voices of Faith as we come to you on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, along with Jimmy Brown. I'm Joe Krause, back for Chapter 2, uh, Jimmy Brown, of uh, what is going to be an incredible journey and an incredible road. And I feel as though uh, we have arrived at the top of the mountain and we're only at the second show uh, as we have a great broadcast lined up and we'll introduce Archbishop Perez in just a moment. But before we we do that. Welcome in, sir. Nice to see you. Uh, good to be here for another show. Joe, um, as I was just talking offline to the Archbishop, this is such an incredible moment in time. Um, the announcement that Archbishop Perez was going to be uh, relocating to Philadelphia was a joyful moment, not only for me, but I think for a big part of our flock. And for those in our listening audience who are not familiar with Archbishop Perez, I think you're going to be blown away with the humility that um, that this leader brings to our flock today. So big, 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 big excitement in the community. Yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. Well said, Archbishop Perez. Welcome to Thank you. Uh, Voices Thank you, of Faith. Nice to uh, be in your house to produce uh, this show and talk to uh, the Delaware Valley. We're going to spend the full show uh, with you today. Um, before we get into what I consider the heart uh, of the program, I thought it would be great just in this opening couple of minutes before we go to a commercial break um, for you to, I don't want to say present or speak to us in the terms of a homily, but I thought mm-hmm. it would be great just to get some of your uh, some of your initial thoughts in terms of the moment, in terms of living in the moment, living where we are today. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I'm I'm back in, in Philly after like an eight-year hiatus, almost an eight-year hiatus. You know, I was a priest of Philadelphia, so I was ordained a priest here. I went to St. Charles Seminary. I was ordained in 1989 and, and served at St. Ambrose on Sea in the Boulevard for four years. I worked in here in the Archdiocesan building. Um, then I worked at the Catholic Institute for Evangelization that I founded. I taught at LaSalle University for like 10 years, I think. Wow. Ten, yeah. Yeah. It was awesome uh, to, to teach there, and I'm very close to the brothers. And 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 then I was pastor of St. William in Longcrest, and then pastor of St. Agnes in Westchester. And, and then I was made a bishop in 2012. Not something that I was looking for. No one looks to be a bishop. If they do, they're crazy. You know? <laughs> um, but that's what the Holy Father, Pope Benedict, wanted at the time, and... But I wasn't made an auxiliary bishop here. I was sent to New York uh, for five years. And um, and there I was now in New York. Uh, I was actually just there yesterday for an ordination of an auxiliary bishop there. And, and, uh, and I just couldn't believe sitting there in that cathedral where I was ordained a bishop wow. that I had actually been there for five years. And, and now 
then from there I went to Cleveland, Ohio, a wonderful, wonderful church, local church, a diocese that really embraced me with with great love and care, and I embraced them. And and uh, I really thought, to be honest with you, that, that I was going to retire from there. Right. The right. large historical diocese, 20, 23rd in the country in, in terms of size. Um, so, you know, to my incredible surprise on... On January 18th, I believe it was, on a Saturday morning, I get called and told that I'm coming uh, back home because I really considered Philly my home. I've been here since like 1984 or something like that or 85. Um, this is where I was ordained a priest, served as a priest. And and and, and so while I was, it was a little scary, all of a sudden, you know, they don't talk to you in these things. You're not a part of a process. Right. Right. There's no interview process. There's, uh, no, they don't ask you anything. Uh, they don't talk to you. They talk to everybody else, but they don't talk to you. And Which it, is amazing. You know, it's funny. I, I mentioned to you again offline. Um, wow, your homily, uh, you know, during the Easter season when, when you basically presented to all of us the concept that there's one important question. Mm-hmm. And that question is, who is Jesus Christ? Right, that's, just, that's what we're some... all about, right? We're all about Christ. And uh, ultimately, Christ is the Savior, neither you nor me nor anybody else. And... Uh, and and the whole gospel revolves around, especially the gospel of Mark, who is Jesus? Yeah. Who is yeah, Jesus for yeah. you? Who do you say that I am? Yeah. Because the answer to that question determines everything. It does. Determines how we live here, how we treat each other, what we look forward in the future for. It, it depends how you answer that question. So that question that Jesus asks of us in the gospel, who do you say that I am, is is a pretty profound question. This is Voices of Faith on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT. Thanks for listening to the Catholic Business Leaders radio special, Voices of Faith, presented in part by Gibnish Funeral Home and by First Trust Bank. Later in the show, we'll introduce you to our Yo Philly, Philly Proud community nonprofit. Voices of Faith celebrate a real bright spot in our Archdiocese, Mother of Mercy House in Kensington. Inspired by Pope Francis's call to take the church to the frontiers and to move beyond our comfort zones, the ministry began with a simple desire to be the presence of Christ and His church. Many families they serve live in deep poverty. The homeless and addicted are at their doorstep. Father Leah Murphy and team work daily to meet people where they are in their lives. They feed the hungry, talk and pray with those who seek comfort, and celebrate Mass as a community. They share the love and mercy of God with all. In 2021, Mercy Children's Academy, a highly specialized family-centric pre-K program, will launch to serve the most vulnerable children in their neighborhood. They welcome your prayers and support in this effort. In a world full of noise, one beautiful thing remains constant. God's love. It's powerful and lives at Mother of Mercy House. To learn more, volunteer, or make a donation, please visit them online at motherofmercyhouse.org. That's motherofmercyhouse.org. There's never been a bigger need for Philly Food Rescue. Their mission is to eliminate hunger in our community through a technology-based volunteer network. They rescue surplus food from partners like grocery stores and restaurants and deliver it to people in need. 
The Philly Food Rescue app makes it easy for everyday food rescue heroes to pick up food and deliver it to nonprofits, schools, and more. Each month, thousands of pounds of unused food are rescued and given to the hungry. Learn more at phillyfoodrescue.org. Voices of Faith continues now with an inspirational endorsement from Dan Selecki of Givnish Funeral Homes. Every morning, most of us are awakened by an alarm. Whether it's the old-fashioned buzz or the new age iPhone ringtone, reminding us of all the things we need to do today. You see, life can come at us from all angles, especially in these challenging and divisive times. How do we get centered? Do we have a conversation with the big guy and ask him to direct our thoughts, words, and actions so we may slow down a little bit and focus on how we can help our fellow man? We at Givenish Family Life Celebration Homes are blessed to know many individuals who do just that. People we like to call our silent heroes. Individuals who strive every day to be the best version of themselves. I am proud to speak of one such individual. William Cleary, better known as Billy or Wheels, currently serves as our Vice President of Operations, has been a member of Our Lady Help of Christians Parish in Abington for the last 34 years, where his wife and best friend Tricia is a Eucharistic minister. Billy has served as Director of Baseball Operations and coach for the Parish Baseball Team, was an assistant ice hockey coach at Bishop McDevitt High School, and currently serves on the Board of Directors for the Abington Township Police Athletic League and the Board of Limited Jurisdiction of Queen of Angels Catholic School in Willow Grove. He knows what it means to be in service to others. Billy is the proud father of four, enjoys spending every available moment with his four grandchildren, and has been married to his soulmate for the last 40 years. We are honored to recognize our silent hero, Billy Cleary, who understands how the simplest of gestures can impact someone in a positive way. Undoubtedly, the result of his Catholic upbringing, where his parents, Joe and Mary, reared 11 children with very similar qualities. I want to leave you with one simple question. How are you going to spend your time today? Can you get out of self and away from ego? A wise man wants to find ego for me, simply stating that ego is the act of edging God out. I encourage everyone to try to get connected to what is important and to lead by being your own silent hero today. Stay safe, my friends, and God bless you all. And back here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Welcome back to Voices of Faith. Very, very special show. We thank uh, everybody from around the Delaware Valley uh, tuning in to Voices of Faith. Archbishop Prez, Jimmy Brown, our special gla- our special guest uh, for the full hour of the show today. As I said in the first segment, Joe, or the last segment rather, I'm really curious to get some uh, guidance input around some of these gospels that we're hearing right now in our daily service today. Archbishop, uh, you know, I was privileged to be at our local church and received a wonderful homily about the concept of fear. And, you know, it goes back to who is Jesus Christ mm-hmm. and being one of the apostles in that stormy day on that stormy that stormy day uh when they had to wake jesus and he's looking around saying come on guys Mm -hmm. um it's one of my favorite gospels Mm -hmm. do you have a a particular point of view about that 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 situation or that one well that you know that that boat and that storm represents life right you know and we've all been in those scary moments 
uh, where we uh, question and we actually turn to God and, and, and ask, you know, where are you? Right. Where are you? Right. Are, are, are you here? You know, where are you? And, and so the apostles in the midst of that storm represents life. It's, you know, what represents the chaos of the storm, right? Because water in the scriptures, especially stormy water, represents chaos. Right. When, when all the bearings are gone and you're kind of lost. And, and, and I've been in scary waters like that on boats. It is scary. Right. It right. is scary. And, and, uh, and so they, they question Jesus because he's appear, he appears to be sleeping through the storm. Right. Right. This guy's sleeping like a baby and, and they're all, you know, all upset and scared and everything. And so they, they kind of question him. But the fact is that in the midst of the storm, the Lord was present. Amen. And, you know, I, in some of my research, I discovered that you were in a pretty tough car accident. Yeah, right? yeah, up in Can New York, you, yeah. Yeah, tell the audience about, I mean, listen, you're a faith-filled man. You're mm-hmm. a leader in our in our community. Like, what was that moment like for you in terms of turning it over? Because I think as human beings, we get a little freaked out in that storm. Well, it was turned over for me anyway because I lost consciousness. Oh, so, my goodness gracious. So I didn't, uh, uh, that... I didn't experience that moment. Yeah, that moment. My body did. Mm-hmm. You know, my car was. Uh, you know, I was. Uh, it was thirty-one cars that were hit oh by a God. tractor trailer from the back, and I was the second car hit. Oh, and so it put me in ICU for two weeks with brain bleeds. All my oh. ribs were broken. Uh, my arm was shattered. You know, and uh, there's a lot of stuff. So, but at the end, you know, that uh, it was more the aftermath than the accident itself because. I don't remember the accident. I have no recollection of of whatever happened there. Um, But at the end, you know, talk about abandonment, right? You know, we all talk about spiritual abandonment. But unless, in in all of my life, I've been on the other side of the bed rail. Wow. Right? As a a a priest, right? So I've been on this side of the bed rail telling the person who's sitting there or laying there that they got to trust, right? Now, right. it's completely different when now you're on this side of the red bed rail. Wow. Right? Yeah. And you can't breathe and, mm-hmm. and, and you're in pain. And, and, uh, and all of a sudden, you know, your life literally are in the hands of other people, of doctors and nurses who we've never met. Right. Who are coming here and doing all sorts of stuff to you and sticking things in you and telling you this and telling you that. And you have to kind of like let go. Right. You got to let go and let God through them. Right. You got to trust and uh, trust them somehow that they have your best interest and your health and your healing at heart. And that's a way at the end that the apostles are called to trust Jesus in that boat. Uh, In the liturgy of the hours today, um, the the prayers that the priests pray every day, uh, it, it was from Jeremiah says, those who trust in the Lord are like a tree that's planted by a stream. Amen. Right? Whose roots right. go down deep. And, and so the tree is not concerned about what happens in its surroundings, whether whether it's drought or heat or whatever, mm-hmm. because its roots are firmly rooted near the stream. Right? right? So, uh, and those who trust, well, that's what life looks like. That doesn't mean that you don't despair. Right. It means that in the midst of despair, you find hope. Here's my fear. The reality of today, Archbishop, in some way is going to shake the foundation of our faith and almost push us to a point 
of questioning whether or not we're doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. Well, I think your fear has been the fear of anybody in the last 2,000 years of the Christian history would fear the same thing. You know, we forget that. I agree. Uh, our little time, like I'm 59 years old. 59 years old over put a, put against 2000 over 2000 years of history is a little slice. Right. Right? And we have to deal with the circumstances that we find ourselves right now. And and at the end, I believe that somehow in some way uh God permits these situations and that we need to find God's will and hand in them. In the same way that the apostles needed to find Jesus in the boat. No doubt. And right? the other thing that really strikes me, Joe, around your question is the adversity in some ways can make us stronger. Like I'm a little older than you, Joe, and I went through that whole Vietnam, you know, Richard Nixon. Oh, my God. It's, you know, people being really unkind with mm-hmm. each other. Maybe there's a little bit of that in our community. And, and, and I think it goes back to who is Jesus Christ, right? Mm-hmm. And despite the fact there's like storms all over the yard for us to be firmly planted in that is the faith today as strong as it was 35 years ago when the faith of our families the faith of my mother-in-law and my father-in-law we're certainly in a different world right mm-hmm. yeah, it, it all depends where you find your benchmark mm-hmm. right where be, where is your point of reference right where is the point of reference and i usually use a little bit of a comical example right i like it uh, i would I was only 32-inch waist once in my life for an hour, (laughs) right? So if that hour is going to become my benchmark, I'm in trouble, right? I love it. Right? So I've had 59 years of life. That's a lot of hours. And if I'm going to turn that 60 minutes in which I had 32-inch waist pants, everything gets measured against that, I'm in big trouble. I think you have to look at everything a lot more historically. And a larger segment where people back, you know, 35, 40 years ago, uh, there were more people going to practicing their faith or living their faith. Yeah, probably. Probably. You take that 200 years back and you might find, well, they're not as much as they were 35 years ago. Right. 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 You know, so it all depends what becomes your point of reference. The fact is that we're here now. Right. And and. And we have to deal with what reality is now and where we find ourselves now and also recognize with a hopeful spirit that that Christ is here now. Right now. At this moment. And the amazing thing for me, Joe, around this conversation is uh, so much of it tracks back to leadership. Mm-hmm. And, and one of the reasons I'm pretty excited about, you know, you being in, in Philadelphia again is by all accounts, you know, you're a joyful man, you're a mm-hmm. generous man. And... And Joe, I don't know if I told you, but I had the privilege of being at the seminary with um, the Archbishop and the seminarians. And it was so much fun Mm -hmm. to watch that room, that Mm -hmm. camaraderie. I wish we Mm -hmm. could put a camera on that Mm -hmm. and allow our community to see that, Joe. I walked out of there on cloud nine, you know, it's uh, 
And you have. You're famous for, a, 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 I think, a, a great sense of humor. I love mm-hmm. the 32-inch waist. Mm-hmm. Can you tell our audience, I, I, I've read a really cool story about you, mm-hmm. you coming back from a hard day at the seminary, being mm-hmm. out in the community, and you told the guys, well, I, I can't change uh, uh, stone into bread, mm-hmm. but I can turn $5 into a pizza. Oh, I that, love that. That actually was a homily. Oh, my goodness. When I was in the seminary for Ash Wednesday. Oh, I love it. Right. It was, it was a God, I can't believe you remembered that or, or they told you that. So that was, yeah, it was a homily, you know, and I talked about, uh, you know, about the temptation of changing, you know, rocks into bread. And yeah. And at the end, I said, you know, I just wish I could, t- I could change $5 into a pizza. <laughs> You know, I love uh, that. In that context. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that was a long time. That's 35 years ago. Here's another one that really blew me away in some of the research that Joe and I had gathered. Um, can you talk a little bit about, you know, having a mentor and being a mentor? I think there was a father, Mike. I don't want to pronounce his, uh, mispronounce his uh, his name, but when you were a young lad, uh, mm-hmm. he was the pastor and you looked yeah. up to him and you said, wow. Yeah, that that's Father Michael Feckety. He was actually Feckety. at my installation. He Get sat, out of town. Yeah, he was. Uh, he been around our lives he's 89 now the same oh. age of my mom and uh he vested me at that cathedral when i was ordained a priest wow he was the uh priest at my at the parish at the time when i was a kid and i used to look up to father feckety incredibly you know i didn't know what he all meant but i knew he meant something <laughs> and whatever he meant was powerful yeah and was beautiful and um and meaningful and meaningful yeah and, and uh and so he was at my installation he was at my ordination as a bishop he was at my installation in cleveland and he was in the front very front pew at my installation here in Philadelphia, and I called him out. Uh-huh. So I said, I give him a shout out, you know, and I said to the people there, if you want to know at the end of the day, who's responsible for me even being here right now? He says he's sitting in the front pew. And wow. they all got up and they applauded this guy uh, who's a wonderful holy priest and and uh, was amazing, you know. When I watched him celebrate Mass, uh, it was like I wanted, my eyes wanted to pop out. Amen. That's it was never the same. Archbishop Perez, our special guest here on Voices of Faith. We'll get to a commercial break. We'll continue with the Archbishop uh, on the other side. Also, a little bit later on in the program, our First Trust Yo Philly, Philly Proud Spotlight, Cradles to Crayons. Back in a moment. Portions of today's Catholic Business Leaders radio special, Voices of Faith, are proudly being presented by Michael Cleary of TAC Benefits. Linda Rosanio of Think Traffic, Mike Troy of KTB Benefits, and Lexus of Chester Springs, our dear friend Angelo Valletta, and Liberty Fox Technologies. Now, Uncommon Coaching with LaSalle basketball head coach, Ashley Howard. Hello, this is Ashley Howard. Thank you for joining me for Chapter 2 of Uncommon Coaching. In Chapter 2, I would like to talk about the concept of family and the role that it's played in my development as a coach. As a young person, I've had an idol who I looked up to, who I watched, admired, and learned a great deal of valuable life lessons from. This man wasn't a big time CEO. He wasn't a a big time business guy, didn't own a, a law firm or multiple car dealerships. He was a humble, honest man who was a laborer. He worked as a janitor in a building, and part-time, he worked as a chef. He was my grandfather, Eddie Howard. I learned so many valuable lessons from my grandfather that stuck with me to this day. 
from day to night, dust till dawn, he will work to provide for me and my family. He would come home, sleep, wake up, put his boots and his uniform on and go back to work. He taught me the value of being committed to hard work and then coming back and serving others. On the weekends, he would actually work with families of the administrators at the Pep Boys corporate office. He would serve these families and he in turn became family to these families. Most of these families which are people of a different race. At that moment in my life, I understood the importance of accepting and embracing people from all different walks of life and different cultures. For me, that was an education in itself. The opportunity to learn, develop relationships, and get a personal connection to people that did not look like me. At LaSalle, one of the best attributes of our campus community is the diversity. The opportunity to grow and learn from people of all different walks of life. One of the things that we stress at LaSalle, in particular in our men's basketball program, is that the diversity that we have in our, in our community is a great opportunity for us to learn, grow, and become better as we move towards the future. I would like to thank my grandfather for instilling those values he made at an early age, and those values today have translated into how I coach and the values that my team has as individuals and as a program. I'd like to thank you guys for listening. Chapter two, Uncommon Coaching, the importance of family, the importance of diversity, and the importance of using our diversity in our community to learn and grow as a people. Thank you very much. These are not typical or standard times, and the TAC Benefits Organization is not your typical or standard business firm. The company is owned and operated by Michael Cleary, and Michael and his team are not your standard check-the-box, put-in-your-time-and-go-home kind of people. Here's the thing. A different approach creates better outcomes for TAC clients. Dedication, knowledge, integrity, teamwork, community, creativity. It all matters to the folks at TAC. And as we face some incredible challenges in our world today, TAC has decided to do something incredibly different and positive in our community. They've created the TAC Hometown Heroes Program for recognition of people doing little things to make a big difference. For the month of July, the TAC Benefits Group would like to congratulate the Kevin from Heaven Foundation. They work to reach out to individuals and families by offering both emotional and financial support to those enduring the most difficult of life circumstances. The Kevin from Heaven Foundation's mission is to honor Kevin Flatch and his parents, Dan and Denise's wishes by providing assistance and hope to those who are facing life-altering events. And they're the TAC Hometown Hero for the month of July. And back here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, we thank you so much and thank everybody around the Delaware Valley for tuning in. This is Voices of Faith, our very, very special guest, the Archbishop, Archbishop Perez. Jimmy? Uh, yeah, let's just, uh, if you don't mind, Archbishop, I'd like to dig into a little bit of uh, the history of your family. Uh, mm-hmm. By all accounts, mom and dad were rock stars, not mm. in the literal sense. Mm-hmm. But, you know, um, dad coming in as an immigrant and, and, and climbing up the ladder the way he did. Can you mm-hmm. give us a little insight into the impact that mom and dad had had on your early well, development? Incredible. You know, uh, these are two individuals. My, my dad at the age of 25, my parents are refugees from Cuba. Wow. So at the age of 25, he was a young ex- banking executive in, in the island of Cuba, oversaw like 20 banks. And uh, and at the end, when they realized that that 
the government was going where, where it was going, they, along with, you know, hundreds of thousands, tenths of thousands of other people, left that country in the hopes that they could go back quickly. They never thought they were going to come to this country and stay here. Right. They thought, you know, while well, this gets figured out. But uh, they left. Um, one day they left Miami uh, on vacation time. No, they left Cuba for Miami on supposedly vacation time, uh, never to go back, along with my older brother, God rest his soul. And and they left their house like you left your house this morning. Oh, my God. Right? Like you guys left your house this morning. They left it and never went back. It's like something uh, from a movie. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's a lot. It's a Cuban-American story. And and so my father, yeah, he started selling sh- Domino Sugar. Oh, in in uh, door to door, right? Door to door, store to store down in Miami, and eventually, you know, he was a banker by profession. So he went, he went. We moved up to North Jersey, right across the river from Manhattan, and my father started working uh, as a teller at a bank in Central in uh, in Rockefeller Center, actually, yeah. and eventually retired years later as an executive vice president of a bank, and and my mother, well, she took care of us. Initially yeah. worked in a factory, and then she took care of us boys, and and uh, and and you know they were they gave me the greatest combination. My mother, deeply spiritual, uh, deeply deeply spiritual, still is. We we still have her with us, and and my father was the banker, the practical part, right? Yeah, yep. you know, and and on on my on my mother's side, I learned to pray as if everything you know depended on God. Yes. You know, and, and, and on my father's side, uh, I learned that you can't make chicken without chicken salad without chicken, right? <laughs> that <laughs> that you perfect. need, you need to have what you need to have and, right. and that there's nothing wrong with that, right? Right. That Jesus couldn't multiply bread if he didn't have bread initially to multiply. Amen. Right. And it does, didn't matter how much bread that was. All he needed was one loaf. Oh from that kid, right? Yeah. Uh, all he needed was one loaf, and and God could do great things. So I got the best of two worlds, you know. I got the 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 deep, profound spirituality of my mom, the steadfast faith of my father, because he was steadfast, but also that business savvy practicality right. that he kind of infused in us as well it's funny one of the things that joe that i that i love about what the archbishop brings to the table is the concept of diversity not from a cultural not only mm-hmm. from a cultural standpoint mm-hmm. but you've worn many hats mm-hmm. uh a- along the way i saw a brilliant picture of you another hat mm-hmm. with a little dog named rocky rocky that's it, my brother's dog oh, okay uh, yeah yeah he's my brother's dog i love that dog that's he's it. a rat rat uh, no he's not a rat right he's a uh a jack russell a Jack, Jack Russell. Russell, yeah. Well, but he fits the Philadelphia narrative, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Jack Russell's a crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the Rocky story is... And is, the Rocky. That's is, why they named him Rocky. Yeah, yeah. Because of uh, the Rocky uh, story, yeah. And and as you kind of walk into this new piece of your journey, I'm sure you have a lot of balls in the air. Mm-hmm. Is there anything that our listening audience can do to help you as you mm-hmm. kind of navigate the, the, the seas right now? Talk about the trouble boat. Well, it cer- certainly has been a, a boat, right? Because I, I I arrived here and, you know, a week and a half later, all the plans that I had were changed because of COVID-19. So I was hoping to get out to parishes, which I've now begun to do already right. in the last two weeks, and visit parishes and schools and universities and all of that. And, and then the bottom fell out. 
of that. But um, but you know, I get. I, I guess the first thing I would ask is that they pray for me, you know, uh, and and uh, and to remember that I'm just one person like they are. I'm no different than they are, and so I need their support and their guidance and and uh, and 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 to help me out and help the church out when I reach out and shout out to them. Amen. Because at the end, it all belongs to us, right? You know, it, yeah. it, uh, it, it's about our our parish. It's about about our church. It, it's not me. I don't own this. I'm. I'll be here for a while, and then the Lord will call me home, and then somebody else will take that job. You know. Do you ever think about the impact that you have on folks? Like mm-hmm. you and I met at a dinner across mm-hmm. the room. We had a, I thought, a really nice exchange, but I'm a, I'm a person who loves to observe. Mm-hmm. And what struck me about that evening was that you weren't sitting at the podium. Mm-hmm. You know, that was the night that Bishop Senior was recognizing some other folks. And mm-hmm. anyway, I just, I love your leadership style. Can you talk about that? Some people work from the top down, others work from the bottom up. Mm-hmm. And I love the combination of what you're bringing to mm-hmm. the party, so to speak. I would. I don't know how I would even answer that because I just am who I am. Yeah. Right. And and I'm blessed with being an extrovert. Mm-hmm. So I'm not an introvert. And people, being around people to me is exciting. Yeah. Right. So it comes natural to me. I, I and what I do. I'm, listen, I'm no different than right now as I am as the Archbishop of Philadelphia as what I was like at St. Ambrose and seeing the Boulevard 31 years ago. And if you want to test that, go talk to people yeah. who knew me 35, yeah. 31 years ago when I went to St. Saint, Saint, um, Ambrose. At the end, I'm privileged and blessed uh, to be a priest and, and walk with, with people at different moments in their lives. Right. I never expected to be a bishop, and let alone to be the Archbishop of Philadelphia. That, that blows my mind. Wow. Every day, still every day. That was always somebody else, right? That was Kroll. Mm -hmm. That was Bevilacqua. That was Justin Regali. That was Archbishop Chaput. I can't, I'm not in their league. Yeah. Isn't it funny though? You started our our conversation with the concept that um, someone calls you and, 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 and says to you, uh, we're calling your number. You know, it's time to get on the field. There's a part of our Catholic faith that's brilliant in that capacity. I was thinking in mass this morning, think about the fact that we have a daily mass available to us if we Mm. want it wow like Mm -hmm. that's amazing you want to sit down you want to celebrate a mass for whatever it takes 30 40 50 minutes and Mm -hmm. then you get a homily and a reflection Mm -hmm. pretty special stuff i want to i want to read a quote to you uh that was delivered by uh, bishop senior around you and Mm -hmm. and um and your arrival at philadelphia he said that uh he, he called you Nelson. He said, mm-hmm. Nelson has a heart for service mm-hmm. and a love for people. Mm-hmm. Can you comment on that? Because that's pretty rich. I mean, the impact, again, that you're having on mm-hmm. so many folks. And you might not even be aware of it as you walk down the I street. I just do what I was called to do when I was ordained a priest, you know. And and that, you know, a, a heart for service and love for people, that's that's what I signed up for. Yeah. yeah. I, don't, I don't think there's any merit in that. Yeah. You know, that that is... That's what I said I was going to do May 20th of 1989 when I, you know, when I hit that floor at the cathedral. Yeah. You know, and Archbishop, I, and when you get a chance, um, I didn't mean to cut, I didn't mean to cut you off there. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you get a chance to ultimately one day read your story, mm-hmm. do you think what will be the best chapter in that book? 
Any idea? That I walked with people and that I loved people and be around people. And um, and that I, I tried to... I tried to meet them where they found themselves at any given moment, and then from there bring them to the Lord. If I was able to do that, uh, then I did it. Yeah. If I it, was able to do that. The the We just went through a graduation period with the high schools. Um, mm-hmm. I had someone share with me that you... Um, you you did your best to address those high school graduates in a in, yeah. and I thought a pretty cool way. Can you tell our listening audience how you? Yeah, I that? couldn't. You know, I couldn't be with them virtually, I mean, physically. So I was with them virtually. So uh, I did a general message to all the graduates, and then I did seventeen different greetings to each high school. Wow! Right? One after the other, and and uh, and it was great. And and then you know what's great about it is. You know, having been from here and coming back, I have a lot of friends whose kids graduated this year. Right. I love it. Right. And and some of them sent me pictures of them in front of a screen looking with me in the background. Amazing. You know, so that was great. You know, uh, I, I wasn't able, again, to be with them the way I would have wanted to be with them. Yeah. But we found a way for me to be with them. Right. You know, it's funny. Um, Last you, minute, Jimmy. Understood. Uh I, I've I've recently kind of noticed some tweets, uh, uh, and some of the stuff that you tweet about is you know uh, being grateful and respecting life, and and um, you know Martin Luther King and some of his leadership skills. Young people, um, as we have this last minute to wrap up, mm-hmm. those tweets, those messages, do they just come to your heart um, spontaneously, or is this something you give lots of planning time to? No, they come from the heart, you know. They, when you're an extrovert, that's where, where you live. Yeah, right. You I, live on the on the spontaneous, you know. And yeah. and and so, uh, I'm just grateful to God for the many gifts He has given us, and and many of these great individuals have also given us great gifts, right? That we live by and and we hold deep in our hearts. No doubt, no doubt. Joe? Archbishop Perez joining us here for Voices of Faith on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Archbishop, well done. Well said. Thank you so much Thank for you. Thank uh, you, being Joe. with us. Jimmy Brown, great job today uh, on taking the lead. We'll get to a commercial break. We'll, figure, we'll finish up on the other side. Back in a moment. Voices of Faith is brought to you in part by Mike Troy at KTB and his alma mater, Devin Prep. Devon Prep is a private Catholic college prep school for boys grades 6 through 12, focused on small class sizes, individual attention, and giving students opportunities they can't find anywhere else. Is your son's school starting part-time this fall? Is he outpacing his peers and not being pushed? Does his current school environment not allow him to be himself? If you want your son to be the best version of himself and find his right path, it all starts at their middle school. Get more than you pay for. Find out more and apply now at devonprep.com. Dr. Jerry Cleary and his team at Newborn Special Care continue to do miraculous work. Over the years, Dr. Cleary has become known for his supportive research, for leading educational programs, and providing advocacy that truly makes a difference to many families in our community. Dr. Cleary believes that every baby deserves the best possible start in life and has dedicated himself to making a real difference in the lives of these babies and their families. This July 4th weekend, Dr. Cleary and his family 
family have something very special to celebrate in addition to the birth of our country. His little niece, Briar, is three years old this month. Briar was born at 28 weeks, weighing only two pounds, nine ounces. And just like America, this little lady is a fighter. She is now a happy, healthy, hilarious, and thriving toddler. In the past, babies born this early did not have the same resources and support available today to fight the good fight. And people like Dr. Cleary and his team at Newborn Special Care are making remarkable strides in assisting these little ones and their families. Speaking of families, Briar is now a proud big sister. Her little baby brother, Baylor, was born on February 5th last year. Baylor arrived at 32 weeks and a hefty 5 pounds, 5 ounces. Both of these little angels spent time in the NICU fighting to survive. And they are both little superheroes. Just ask Uncle Jerry. And all little premature babies in their tough battle find something special with Dr. Cleary and the people at Newborn Special Care. Families find a culture of love and care that makes all the difference. Just ask Briar and Baylor. And happy birthday, Briar. And back here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, Jimmy Brown, what a great, great uh, interview and a great hour of conversation with Archbishop Perez. Really meaningful, meaningful stuff. Uh, a lot of information. It was just great to be with the Archbishop. It sure was, Joe. Um, it, it's a significant, um, it's a, a significant role that he's playing in our community. Think about it. He's one of only 34 Archbishops across our country. So, I feel like we're very blessed, um, as you and I both discovered. He's real. And, um, What's I, the one thing you took out of that conversation with Archbishop Perez? Well, I think the, the takeaway for me was, you know, um, if if God's in your life, if, if you identify Jesus as the son of God, then everything else falls into place. Remember, part of his dialogue uh, talked about the fact that he was in a pretty terrific um, auto accident and he himself was challenged. He was on the other side of the bed, let's say, the other side of the, the rail, as I think he said. Um, it's just a it's a it's a great testimony that that we all, you know, get humbled through the journey and um, having a faith filled life to fall back on is I just think it's good medicine. Yeah, no doubt about that. Good, uh, good thoughts and, and, and well said and a great job by you uh, in terms of the interview with Archbishop Perez. I do want to thank Ken Gavin from uh, from the diocese who was uh, terrific in helping us uh, coordinate and pull all of that together. And a special thanks uh, for his blessings. Uh, Archbishop Perez here on your voices of faith, uh, along with Jimmy Brown. I'm Joe Krause. Time now to transition into our first Trust Bank, Yo Philly Philly Proud Nonprofit Spotlight. We've got a special one today. Jimmy, I'll give you a couple of seconds uh, to tee us up uh, on behalf of First Trust Bank. Well, Joe, uh, as I said uh, last month when we were on the air together, you know, I think that um, First Trust is a special place, and this nonprofit will speak to the uh, the character of their nature in terms of the way they operate day to day. All right. Well done. Well said, Arn. Yo Philly. Philly Proud Spotlight today, courtesy of First Trust Bank, Cradles to Crayons. Sometimes it's not easy, you gotta open up your heart. People working together, that's just where it starts. It starts by having patience. We collect gently used children's clothing for children aged 0 to 12. 
uh, which gets brought to our warehouse where over 1,700 volunteers a month sort and pack individual customized packages for children living in low income and homeless situations in the greater Philadelphia region. Philadelphia is the second poorest large city in America after Detroit. It's also got the highest rate of deep poverty. 12.9% of the population are living in deep poverty. Now what that means in concrete terms is that a family of four are struggling to live on less than $11,000 a year. Often our families come to us with literally the clothing on their backs. The children don't have toys, the babies don't have diapers and baby supplies, and Cradles to Crayons provides all of those things. And it's just kind of a point of dignity for our children to be able to go to school just like any other child and have the books that they're supposed to have, the backpack, the notebooks, the crayons, and look just like anybody else. The relationship with our partners is very close and very significant. We spend a lot of time picking the partners that we work with because we want partners to be working with children to help the families transition out of long-term poverty. It's amazing to me that we have supplied almost 200,000 children since we started and in the first five years we served 100,000 children. In the last 18 months we've served the next 100,000. So sadly, it's an indictment of how much the demand has grown. It's also an indication of how much we have grown in our ability to supply those children. We'll do 23,000 kid packs this year, and we will supply about 24,000 backpacks this year. But the even better thing about Cradles to Crowns is the practicality of the mission, is that we recognize that a backpack is lovely that it's new in September, but you've probably run out of items by October. So we keep those backpacks filled year round. People feel truly engaged, they do important work, they can go away from here and we can tell them that they've helped 90, 100 children. And so it's a very, very inspiring uh, kind of volunteer experience for, for many of the people who visit here. And I think overall it's by providing a philanthropic experience by donating product and then being engaged with it in a tangible way by actually doing the work to ensure the children get what they need. Wow, Jimmy Brown, listening to that audio uh, on Cradles to Crayons, what an incredible nonprofit, incredible work that they do. My relationship with them goes back for many, many years. Uh, it was just absolutely, absolutely uh, terrific, uh, terrific stuff. Cradles to Crayons, our Yo Philly, Philly Proud nonprofit spotlight, all courtesy of First Trust Bank. Yeah, Joe, uh, it, it, it was pretty spectacular. I've done some volunteer work out there over the years, and uh, they're a really efficient and effective nonprofit. It's funny, um, last month when we did our spotlight for First Trust, we we also saw another nonprofit that was uh, supplying um, uh, not just uh, 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 um, precise goods, but, but a, a spiritual direction in terms of let's do the right thing, let's help each other. And I, I know I sound like a broken record, but that First Trust operation led by uh, Richard Green and, and, and Peggy and, um, and Timmy Abel, 
the character that they bring to every transaction is amazing. All right, good stuff. Special thanks to First Trust. Every show will have our First Trust Yo Philly, Philly Proud nonprofit spotlight. Just a minute until we say goodbye, Jim Brown. I want to give you 30 seconds to talk about our next very special guest, Pat Shiraki. Don't get long-winded on me. 30 seconds, please. Well, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be quick on this one, but um, I think the audience is in for quite a treat. Pat is a, is a pro, as you know and I know, uh, but I want the listening audience to, you know, have a, a, a peek into uh, what Pat's doing these days, and it's all very special. Well done. Well said. That's going to do it for this edition of Voices of Faith, along with Jimmy Brown. I'm Joe Krause. As we close uh, the show on this weekend of independence, I encourage you to keep the faith, believe in hope, and love one another. On behalf of Jim Brown, I'm Joe Krause, and on behalf of Archbishop Perez, we say goodnight with a roaring rendition of the national anthem. Voices of Faith is produced in collaboration with the Catholic business leaders of the Delaware Valley and the Archbishop of Philadelphia. And a special thank you to the Philadelphia Boys Choir, a Jacob Media, J.P. Brown Communications production. This program is a paid commercial announcement and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. Today's program has been pre-recorded.